catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. The only podcast gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. But oh boy, do the Bronx bombers not Bronx bomb you anymore. So we don't really can't even we don't root for a team that even gives you that opportunity to have like a fun conversation. I'm Adam Weiner, but alongside Thomas Carinante, I was so excited to not be doing this podcast yesterday. I was like, wow, it'll be nice to decompress. And then just, you know, let it all out the next day and be able to unleash everything that I want to say about this team in the moment. But I'm not ready to say it now because I'm kind of wallowing a little bit. We've been talking for weeks, if not months, about how this team isn't really destined for greatness, about how there's not really much on the horizon this year, or maybe not even next year, or maybe Garrett Cole opts out, which we'll talk about. Um, and we talk a big game, you know, I, for a while, you know, sometimes when the team goes down like three, nothing early, I've been very dismissive about like, eh, doesn't really matter. Someone will try to complain to me and I'll be like, eh, who cares? I'll be like, this offense can't hit out of a paper bag. And I'll be like, eh, doesn't really matter. It's way easier to dismiss things like that when they're just out of a game from the jump. It's way harder to dismiss losses like yesterday when you're like on the verge of maybe winning a series and the blue Jays are stumbling and the wild card positions actually sort of right there in front of you. If you could actually turn things over to the rookies in a couple days and Brito and Vasquez keep pitching. Well, you can maybe see a world where this team actually does sneak into the playoffs. Like probably not, but also just all I'm asking for is the baseline level of competence where you don't blow four run leads in the ninth and six run leads against the Miami Marlins with a chance to win a series on the road and at least give us a little bit of joy, a semblance of it, so that we can maybe feel kind of good heading into a Red Sox series next weekend where we don't really need to do damage on our behalf, but we do need to get the Boston Red Sox out of the wild card mix. So it would be nice if we had some degree of faith that this team could not melt down at the worst possible moment in the largest possible way. And we'll just never get that. We'll never just lose 7-1. We'll never lose 2-0 and 4-1. We will lose seven, uh, 8-7 in a game where we led 7-3 in the ninth inning. The easiest win, potentially in the history, of easy wins in the third time since the start of the 2021 season, where the New York Yankees have blown uh, four-plus run leads in the ninth inning to lose games. Uh, a stat went up on the end of the Yes broadcast that said 2011, first time since 2011 that it happened. Uh, James Smythe claim responsibility for that yes network researcher just said my bad i know the answer i know we've done it three times since 2021 i just 
hit the wrong button. I think he meant to write 2021. Uh, so everyone was off their game yesterday. He's elite at his job, and he's in the position to prove it. Uh, many, 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 many New York Yankees people with the organization are not elite at their jobs and should not still be in the positions that they are in to have the chance to show us exactly how uh, big losers they really are. A lot of good stuff went on this weekend, folks, and the Yankees still don't win the series. Yankees lose two out of three in Miami. Yankees have not won a road series since they left Oakland. Yankees have not won a non-Royals series since the end of June. This season is over. Uh, welcome to the show, Thomas Carinati. Thanks for joining me. I, I don't want to do this show today. I thought I would, and I don't. But you have a special offer for the people who are still listening and joining us. Yeah, Yankees fans and Yankees haters, come together, baby. We got an. Are you feeling well? Yankee fans, particularly, are you feeling lucky? Because we have an awesome sports betting promo for new Bet365 users. What a better time. Just live bet against the Yankees. If they're up six runs, you'll cash out. Your bet will be covered. But we'll get into that right now. All you have to do for this offer is deposit $10 on Bet365 and place a $1 wager on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose. But it'd be nice to get the extra juice on the odds for the Yankees when they're leading because now we know they can't hold on to big leads thank you guys all you have to do also is use the code ygy betting at sign up uh by using the code ygy betting you will not only receive 200 dollars in those bonus bets but you will also be directly supporting the podcast adam and i we're good guys we like to have fun we're here for the good times and the bad that's got to count for something right so if you haven't signed up for bet365 please and you're a first-time user join with the code ygy betting and place that first bet this offer is available for new customers only who are 21 and older and physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Man, 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 man. Um, thankfully, I didn't catch this ninth inning, um, but it had everything in it that I expected it would. Um, they made us sit there nervous the entire time. Aaron Boone didn't make the hook that he was supposed to um, relievers. Uh, Clay Holmes specifically had pitcher counts on more than one of those at bats that went awry. Um, then you had Aaron Boone talking about how there was no consideration of walking Jake Berger, who was six for 11 with three RBIs in the series against the Yankees uh, because he was afraid of the bases loaded walk, which would have lost the game. Um, he said Jorge Soler was coming up next, which sure maybe would have been valid, but it was Jesus Sanchez coming up next, who was 0 for 4. Well, Soler was in the on deck circle pinch hitting. He oh, was yeah. he was shown on the broadcast. Someone would have ended this game. I, I actually am gonna I'm not gonna push back on this because obviously walking Jake Berger is the right move, but they yeah. weren't they were not going to win this baseball game. That's so true. I, I honestly like I'm not laser focused on Aaron Boone choosing his own death like it's like they have him in the electric chair and they were like would you rather drink poison or like stab your own gut and he's like eh jake Berger's a cool guy like i don't want to walk in the winning run so like obviously the wrong decision was made you have yeah. to walk that guy but uh game was over um of course i i i honestly i saw a lot of people getting on boone's ass for this uh for sitting tightly during the ninth inning as it unfolded and I get it because everything this team does is wrong. And, and probably the right move was to go to Jonathan Loisega. And probably the right move was to go to Jonathan Loisega to start the ninth up 7-3. And, and maybe the right move was honestly to just 
use Keenan Middleton for a second inning of work and then bring in Clay Holmes or Loisaga if you have to to clean up his mess. And maybe the right move was actually using Clay Holmes more than like four times over the last two and a half weeks so that he wouldn't come in and look like shit yesterday, which he did in a non-save situation. But for all of that, the bases were loaded. Lead-off double, Yuli Gurriel two-strike double, of course. The Yankees have blown four-plus run leads to lose in the ninth inning three times in the last three years. Two years of real time, three seasons. And Yuli Gurriel's been in the middle of two of those, so that's awesome. Uh, but double, strikeout, grounder up the middle from the backup catcher. Volpe stops, can't get anything on the throw. It's probably an infield single anyway, whatever, first and second. Walks Jazz Chisholm on the 3-2. The bases are loaded for Josh Bell. Everyone in the world is thinking Grand Slam. And Boone sticks with Clay Holmes, who's gotten him here into this mess, but also gotten him here this season. He's only given up three earned runs since May 4th. He sticks with Clay Holmes because he knows he can get the double play ball. He gets it. Yeah. Josh Bell does not hit a Grand Slam. Clay Holmes does ex- Clay Holmes with 20 awful pitches to start this inning gets himself in a huge jam, gets the ground ball to the pitcher, double play, fumbles it. Ah, bummer. Like, can't get the double play, but you can get the one out. Throws it away. At that point, Loisaga has to come in. But I don't actually have a problem with Holmes facing Bell with the bases loaded, especially because he got him. But yeah. then he blew it so hard. He blew it harder than if he had allowed a grand slam to Josh Bell. Somehow. Somehow it was worse in that moment with a rise up and runners on the corners than it would have been if he had just given up the grand slam to rip the bandaid off. So that's why that's why this team's left me sputtering today because I, I gave up on them. I gave up on their playoff chances yeah. a month ago. You're not allowed to give up on them until they're statistically eliminated. So I can't fully until they're statistically eliminated. If they'd been four back yesterday, I would have been like, all right, I mean, okay, like, Oh, all right. You know, you're obviously going to get swept by the Braves and then maybe you can officially eliminate yourself after that series, but it would have been nice. Uh, I understand it would have just been false hope being maintained uh, until Monday evening, but it still would have been nice. That said, um, that's as pretty, that's as, that's as close as you can get to an unofficial official ejection from the postseason race before you're mathematically eliminated. And the fact that we've seen this type of once in a generation loss three times in the last two calendar years, I mean, something, something's rotten here. I know everybody wants to blame Clay Holmes as if Clay Holmes is no. like a permanent problem that always, oh, he always does this. No, he almost never does this. He's been fantastic, never. but that's yeah. the kind of season we're having, and that's the kind of era that we're in right now. And I, I thought, foolish, fool, I'm such a foolish guy, thought getting rid of Aroldis Chapman would maybe reverse that karma. Maybe we'd get that rot out of the clubhouse. Maybe whatever smelled would be gone. No, nah, still smells. They still just like do stuff like this. Yeah. Every like two weeks or so. And uh, that's why I I can't, I can't, what I can't fucking take are the people who are like, oh, Yankee fans are really complaining about being 60 and 58. Try being the Royals. First of all, I'm a Yankee fan for a reason, right? Grew up in New York with high expectations. I don't, I don't want to try being the Royals. <laughs> I'm, I'm from, I'm from New York. I want to root for the New York fucking Yankees. And, and I do because I live here. Uh, but most importantly, those teams entered the season knowing they would be terrible. They were terrible. They're terrible. They're as terrible as you thought they'd be on opening day. They're terrible now. The Yankees entered the season with a bloated, overpaid roster that had performed well in the first half of last season, performed poorly in the second half, got to stasis mode in September, needed a couple of bats to lengthen the lineup and get them to a place where they could you know, battle for a playoff spot or a division title or make an actual run in the playoffs they're coming off an alcs appearance with the same roster plus anthony volpe plus an exciting rookie 
There's and Carlos Rodon. There is no reason this team should be 60 and 58, except for all of the games that they have turned on their head with performances at the horn like last night, plus the putrid offense that was one or two bats short. And, and the architect who did nothing to add those bats. And by the way, oh, you should be so thankful you're not the Royals. The Royals have won a World Series more recently than the Yankees have. Oh, you should be so thankful you're not X team uh, who, who, you know, competed more. You know, a, a lot of these teams that are in last place now that people are saying, you know, thank God you're not the Washington Nationals. The 2019 World Series champions, I would much rather be the Washington Nationals or the Kansas City Royals than this fucking team that is stuck right in the middle with no way out. Yeah, it's uh, it's infuriating for, again, reasons that other fan bases may not understand. There are higher expectations that, that there that there is an ability for this team to spend. There's an ability for this team to be smart with their money. There is an ability for this team to make wrong, uh, make wrongs right rather quickly than other the other organizations are not afforded that luxury and they don't do it. Um, and now now you have whatever's rotten combined with poor managing combined with players not rising to the occasion coupled with injuries and other moves not going their way. Um, and it, it creates, it, it should create this Avenue where there is more urgency and it just doesn't there. There's more complacency. Yeah, that CBS article came out today um, talking about the Yankees or was it today or yesterday about the missteps since 2017? Yeah. Mike Axisa just yeah. with a genius, genius article that like, if you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. We'll Please be here. You, you can listen to us on all your preferred podcast platforms. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, but the, that's again, Mike Axisa, a Yankees fan writing this article. That's a pretty solid counter to anyone who's like, yeah, you're a Yankee fan though. What do you have to complain about? I don't know. A, a, an easy championship window being squandered by 38 cascading poor decisions. How about that? Not I forget about the poor decisions. Those were going to happen regardless. What the craziest thing was uh, them curbing their spending after coming within one game of the World Series. They cut the payroll after seven, 20, uh, 17. They cut the payroll again after 2018. And they just completely shit away two very good windows of opportunity. Um, I don't know. Do I know for sure that we would have defeated the Boston Red Sox in that ALDS or the Houston Astros in that ALCS? I don't know because you talk about the cosmic, you know, spell on this team at the moment where everything goes wrong for them. Sure. Maybe if they had Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, it still wouldn't have gone the right way. But the fact that they willingly did not add outside of Giancarlo Stanton um, to the, to that team in those two years says a lot. Um, And then you talk about the complacency with everything else. You know, everyone gets frustrated with Brian Cashman. Everybody gets frustrated um, with Hal Steinbrenner and that's great. And, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about how Aaron Boone is not the problem. Aaron Boone is part of the problem. But, like, if you put your manager of choice in charge of this team, it will not make a difference. There are no – there's not enough left-handed hitters. There are not enough there, – there are too many injuries. There are not enough players that rise to the occasion. There's not enough contact bats, whatever you want to call it. But yesterday, I have direct problem with Aaron Boone. You see what Clay Holmes is doing. You see that he's clearly rattled after that error. He needs to come out of the game. You give Wandy Peralta split inning duty again. He cannot do split inning duty. What was the logic there to bring Josh Bell to the other side of the plate where he's a right-handed hitter? 
that was going to make the at bat a little bit more feasible, and he walked him anyway. Two outs for Keenan Middleton, and then uh, we got to take him out of the seven three game. Under- this is this is pretty much a blowout, yeah. by the way. Like seven three, obviously it's close enough to blow in the Playing- ninth inning because we did it. But it's a seven one yeah. game. It's seven three in the ninth. You can treat. You could bring in your middle relievers. You don't need to bring sure. in your closer. No, you playing chess with with the bullpen up six runs is is just crazy. And then, you know, you have I'm not saying it's these are anybody, but Aaron Judge can't run in the outfield. You saw on that, you know, that uh, uh, on the Arise triple, he's, he can't run. It, it's pretty evident. Um, Billy McKinney overruns that ball in left field in the seventh inning or whatever it was that allows the runs to score. It's like yep. you you laugh you laugh that we're you know, maybe being captain hindsight right now and looking at these issues, but it, it is the little things, the little things add up, uh, m- misplay in the outfield, injured outfielder running after a ball manager, giving reliever who can't do split inning duty, split inning duty manager, really uh, taking out reliever too early when there was no need to manager, leaving reliever in too late when there was a clear urgency to take him out and change and, and change the dynamic of the inning and all this stuff adds up. So more goes to show that, there is much more wrong with this team than simply just the roster construction. There is also not just one party to blame. It's a combination of every single thing on any given day. And yeah, it would have been great to talk about the multitude of good things that we thought were going to result with this series win. And honestly, I will be the first to say this because I was not ready to be excited after a Marlin series win. It's a series the Yankees should win. They are a better team than the Marlins regardless of how better, you know, if the Marlins are performing better in theory, they were better by what two games heading into the series. Okay. Awesome. The Marlins are not a better team than the Yankees. They should not be a better team than the Yankees. The Yankees would have need to proven a win in this series. Show me some competition against the Braves and then do me a favor and beat the Red Sox before I said anything positive about anything moving forward. But yet again, they fail to capitalize on, you know, favorable uh, situations in the wild card standings and puts us right back where we are criticizing them for everything that they've done to date, revisiting the, the, the end of the 2017 season, which is something we should not be doing once a month. And it's beyond frustrating. I know how everybody feels and I know how this it can sometimes sound like a broken record, but honestly it's not because there's a new rock bottom every day. There's a new statistic to tell you how the futility has reached a new low. Um, and yeah, that's why we didn't really want a podcast today, guys. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere. I write summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
No, I just wanted to I wanted to do one positive podcast so badly. You know why? Not because I believe in this team if they would have beaten the Marlins two out of three, but because we got another month and a half of this. Yeah. Every, two times a week, we have to come on and talk to you about how uh, his moribund franchise sunk, dug a new hole for themselves. Like, that. that's not interesting. I don't have fun doing that. I would have loved to have talked to you about, like, hey, obviously this season's pretty much over, but we got some silver linings this weekend. Anthony Volpe hit two big clutch homers, went yard twice. Like awesome. The stats are starting to look a little bit like how, like obviously the average isn't going to get there. The OPS isn't going to get there, but he's going to go 20 homers, 20 steals. Like He's 22 years old. He can't be that bummed by that, but talking about that feels pointless today. Um, Judge hit a 464-foot home run to dead center. They beat another lefty on Friday night. Don't really want to talk about that either. They pretty much, they can beat a lefty. They're a good lefty against this year's awful Yankees line. If they yeah. can beat a lefty, but they can't well, really they can beat do. anybody else. Um, Lazardo, Sandy Alcantara, and uh, you know Yuri Perez in the third game. You look at that, and you're like, oh my god! Like obviously they shouldn't. They should beat the Marlins. They're a better team. But those three pitchers are they outclass the people who the Yankees are running out for this series, and somehow they still almost win two out of three anyway. And they almost, you know, they held down the Marlins' offense on Saturday. Just couldn't hit Sandy Alcantara at all. Made him which look like fine, a Young, which he which yeah. he was last year. Um, th- th- there would have been almost nothing to shit talk about this series if they had held on yesterday, because he would have been like, yeah, probably won one more game than you deserved. Big offensive output both Friday and Sunday, and you lost to the reigning Cy Young winner. Like, all right, that's a pretty standard series. Like, you go on the road and do that. That's you, you can hope to sweep, but it's pretty unlikely. That's probably the best case scenario. Instead it's maybe the worst road series of the year. It's yeah. so awful. It's so pungent. And uh, the, the Mike Axisa article, which everybody should read. If you have not, again, take a break now and read it. Um, we'll probably be, t- this will be the Bible of the Aaron judge, baby bombers era, not coming to fruition. Like we're probably going to read this every month until they <laughs> make significant changes or, or help us out. Um, not only I mean, everything about it is important. There are sections in how there's bad luck. It's also so well written because there's a section on how bad luck is an element of this. And bad luck's an yeah. element in every team's failure. But Mike Axisa goes out of his way to say, really not the most important factor here. Of course, there are a couple of bounces that could have gone their way over the course of this, you know, six year period. But most of this is their own fault, self inflicted yeah. wounds. Bad luck is the lowest part of the pyramid. Um, and obviously there's talk about rookies regressing and Frazier and Duhar and whatnot, but the CBT stuff is just so glaring, so glaring when you read it back for everyone who has taken, you know, behind the woodshed this year when they said they were going to do something bigger than Rodon and didn't. And for everyone that was surprised by that, for everybody that was surprised when they did not sign Carlos Correa to a one-year deal last year, even though he said he would take one, and they instead took on two years of an aging Josh Donaldson and IKF instead of just non-tendering Gary Sanchez for everyone who was surprised by that. This was a nice reminder of not only it's going to go down in infamy in history, the the off season where they signed Garrett Cole and finally got their white whale missing piece. They added one other major league free agent one, and it was bringing Brett Gardner back. That is not only is that not enough. That's not anything. That's not even a movement of the needle and even worse 2017, 18. Yes. They intended to get Shohei Otani. I'm sure. They saved all the international money in the world. And he said, I do not want to come here. And I don't want to listen to you. Big blow. The pivot was Stanton, whose cost is not as prohibitive as people think. It's Mike X. He's eroded. He's like 43rd in the overall annual luxury tax drag 
on people's payrolls. It's, it's not obviously they went uh, redundant when they got Stanton, and that's a problem in and of itself. But the money Stanton's owed, not that bad. It was a cheap deal. They added Stanton that offseason and still managed to reduce their overall payroll by $31.2 million. When you are opening a window and saying that you are about to hit the next level and go full throttle, 18 and 19 are the most important years. 19 went well based on some miracle when 35 people who had no business contributing did. And the miracle might have been a juiced baseball. 2018 has to be the year. And yes, you do have the bad luck of the Boston Red Sox supernovaing and winning 108 games. But guess what? The San Francisco Giants won 107 games in 2021. Why haven't we talked about them in a while? Dodgers just went and bumped them off. Yeah. What the Yankees could have done in 2018 was win 100 games, finish behind the Red Sox in the standings. Let's go ahead and bump them off. Knock them out in the DS. Then everyone in Boston's going, oh, man, got outgunned by the Yankees again. I guess it's a return to that era of that happening. Can't believe the Yankees added Stanton, then added pitcher X, and then added another offensive bat. No, 2018 Yankees just got Stanton, reduced payroll by $30 million. Got Neil Walker in there. Got a bunch of NPCs to fill out the lineup. And couldn't beat the 108-win Red Sox. In fact, got bludgeoned on your home turf. Yeah, really bad. Oops. Um, yeah, the bet, look, that's... Uh, I would consider that, what, 40% bad luck you obviously have. If you're facing that team directly in the playoffs, you have the ability to beat them. And like, in 2019, that team fell apart. So that's yeah. the bad luck element. Where well, the like, bad luck was Stanton out in 2019 in the ALCS. That well, was- yeah. No, but I'm saying the 2018 Red Sox were a one-year – like, they never oh, did yeah. that again. Yeah. So, in that in that instance, it's like, really? That had to happen? We had to all go watch that? Like, that the next year they were back to reality. But, like you they, said, they, they directly them. faced off with them and had a 1-1 series coming to New York. Yeah. They had home field advantage, and they pissed it away. They, in fact, took the momentum after winning game two in Fenway and lost – what was it? 15 to three or 18 to three i believe um, 16 to three uh, brock holt hit for the cycle yeah, brock holt hit for the cycle it was, yeah. it was over before it started um then you have zach Britton giving up that home run to christian vasquez in the game four um shit goes on and on uh, bad luck is obviously a part of every team's journey in any season um the yankees continue it, it's a problem for the it 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 goes from bad luck to a genuine problem. If injuries characterize an entire era of a team's stretch from 2018 until present day, injuries have derailed the Yankees regular season or postseason in some manner. And uh, part of that is bad luck. Part of that is also poor personnel acquisition, uh, poor roster construction. Um, as you said before, a redundancy with, with, with Stanton, um, and yeah, his money is not prohibitive, but again, they're not they're not um they're not writing that wrong anytime soon. They have no desire to do that. Um you want to talk about how you know that we, we talked about it last podcast, how they didn't have sorry guys. I have a box score open. Can't find it. I'll go on mute. Zach Britton, yeah, the, the comments asking where Zach Britton is, he's nowhere. He's not in Major League Baseball right now, unfortunately. Yeah, he's not. But he, yeah. he managed to screw us a multitude of times, um, you know, injuries with him too. But, yeah, you want to talk – like, all of a sudden, the Yankees were willing to open the budget this offseason after last offseason claiming, hey, we have to save up for 
an Aaron Judge extension and rising arbitration costs, and then they end up paying how much more than they had expected to for an Aaron Judge extension because they offered him $214 million that year and were expecting that him to say yes to that. They end up paying $360 million, and they said, oh, why not? Let's give Carlos Rodon $162 million. That's cool. Let's give Tommy Canley, who's pitched 12 innings over the last three years, $12 million. Um, that's a luxury move. That's yeah. what, that is what you do if you're doing exactly. something bigger than Rodon. Like, I love Tommy Canely. So do I. You, you only pay an injured reliever that if you're like, we have endless money. We love exactly. Tommy Canely. We're excited to have him back. Yeah, and we like that move. But now it's, in hindsight, it's look, not looking like a great move, unfortunately. I, I wish it were better. He's He's a great character to have in the bullpen. He has great stuff. But like yesterday, what was that pitch? It was 89 miles an hour up over the middle of the plate to the Marlins hottest hitter. I don't like, I just don't understand what's going on, but um, yeah, essentially what I'm trying to say is bad luck is also resulting from the bad decision. So you would sometimes think that, Oh man, this is just, you know, kind of what the hand we've been dealt. No, this is the position you've put yourself in. And sometimes it seems like it's more bad luck than anything. When in reality, it's just the way that you've constructed this, is setting yourself up for failure. And then you sit back and you're like, oh man, Stanton out. Like I will sit here and I will say Stanton out for the 2019 postseason. That's bad luck. And then you look back and it's like, oh, Stanton's been injured for a lot of his career though. So is that bad luck or is it just uh, unfortunate timing for something that was inevitably going to happen anyway? And that's kind of what characterizes everything. Nothing, the, the, the timing with everything is bad. Um, you know, you, you, we go back to Josh Donaldson, someone who was acquired, who just did two years prior, had almost a career year with the Braves, then has a good year with the twins and now is unplayable. Um, partial bad luck, partial, you acquired a 37 year old player and the decline was coming precipitously at some point. Um, you refuse to sign players to long-term contracts because you're worried that they might be awful when they're 36, 37. And then you're like, wait, we have the chance to acquire just age 36 and 37. For the same cost? Oh, great. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Yeah, because Issa talked about um, the Donaldson and the LeMahieu deals. Um, specifically, oh, no, I'm sorry, the Hicks and the LeMahieu deals. Yeah. Um, because the Yankees wanted to uh, lessen the CBT uh, t- uh, tax number for that season and instead spread the deal out over a longer period of time so they wouldn't be pressed up against, I guess, a certain tax number for that many seasons consecutively early on. And now you're looking at it and you're like, holy shit, Aaron Hicks's deal would have been up after this season. You could have probably justified maybe keeping him for the remainder of the year and not having to worry about like, shit, we have to fucking pay this guy, you know, 30 more million dollars through 2027 or six or whatever it is. And then LeMahieu would have been a free agent after next year if they had signed whatever the market value for the free agent of his caliber was. They would have been off that contract and said it's another three years that or, or two years that 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 is now looking look going to look like a burden on the payroll and is going to play a role in inhibiting whoever they might want to go after over the next two off seasons. So um, again, whatever decision they make turns out being wrong. If they want to stretch the payroll, it ends up being stupid. If they want to less it, if, if they want to, you know, stock up and go hardcore, they go with Rodon over six years with a high AV still fine with that contract. You go with Donaldson high AV over two years, both of them blow up in your face right off the bat and there's no recovering from it. So there's, there's no right answer, no right answer. And it's frustrating and it, it's hard to pinpoint. Some, it's hard to pinpoint an exact problem, but nothing is going right. 
it starts at the top. Seems like, you know, and the, we talked about the, the Bob Clappish report um, last week and how, how was a reluctant owner. He doesn't want this to be his team. It's Brian Cashman's team. And it's obviously Brian Cashman's team within whatever restraints Hal Steinbrenner is instituting. And that's created a lot of the problem. So here we are, you lose to the Marlins and you think that there can't be a new low. And this is, this is where we've arrived. And again, we're rewinding back seven years to figure out what the problem is. And it's been in front of our face the entire time. I think the craziest thing is that everything that now is a problem that I've defended as being actually totally fine over the last four or five years is a problem because the Yankees refuse to operate like the Yankees, like DJ LeMahieu being paid for six years instead of four years. It's like, all right, well, you know, whatever they they can 15 million annually, you know what the worst case is they pay for a bench player as he ages, like whatever they're the Yankees. It's a bummer, but like, who cares? You can swallow that. They can't Stanton. That contract's not that bad. Like the Marlins are paying down half of it. You know, if he struggles in his old age, they can just bench him. Eh, apparently they're not willing to do. They're not willing to do any of those things. They're hamstrung by all the things that we've always claimed they wouldn't be because they're the Yankees. Oh, they can take on Donaldson's money because they're not going to let it stop them. They did. Like they're not the Yankees anymore. No. That's the issue. They're operating like they have this limitless financial well, which they do have but then they're not using it. They're, they're not using it at all. They are acting as if they are uh, the Cleveland Guardians somehow saddled with the New York Yankees payroll, going, what the hell are we supposed to do here? Which, like, that's kind of what the Red Sox did, too, under Heim Bloom. They are acting like they have the Rays payroll, but they have a farm system. They're competent. They're a similar roster. They're boom or bust, but at least they boom. Yankees don't boom. Nope. Never boom. The Red Sox. I mean, as much as I hate what the Red Sox do, you could sit there and be like, okay, well, I guess they have some formula where they win. They might yeah. be in last place the year after, but I guess they'll win. Eventually they'll make us look like idiots. Eventually a bunch make of terrible look teams like come into Fenway. They beat them. Like yeah. they're, they're doing okay. They're taking care of business. They're no great shakes. They just lost. They got swept in their biggest series of the year in Toronto, but this is not the year that they, they didn't plan to compete this year. We no. theoretically, had a plan to compete this year and and we just executed so poorly um thank you for joining us the code on the screen again is ygy betting that's from our relationship with bet 365 if you don't have an account all you have to do is sign up deposit ten dollars and place a one dollar wager on any sport you will instantly receive two hundred dollars added to your account in bonus bets whether you win or lose all you have to do is use the code ygy betting at sign up by using the code YGY betting, you not only receive the $200 in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting the podcast. So if you haven't signed up for Bet365, join with the code YGY betting. Place that first bet. This offer is available for you customers who are 21 plus, physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Now, a lot of this, too, and we will move on, I guess, maybe at some sure. point. But a lot of this is captain hindsight, right? Oh, we could have had X, Y, Z player or, or whatever, but we don't, and we should have, and we don't. The one that's not really captain hindsight that's going to truly ruin this team for the rest of the era is the Bryce Harper thing Yeah, where, um, I mean, that's just outright foolishness. They, they got under that CBT in 2018, but they did so. They, they acquired Stan and they clogged up a spot anyway, and they, Claimed that they wanted to save room for Clint Frazier or whatever. Brian Cashman said specifically did not contact Bryce Harper 
a lifelong Yankee fan, a Mickey Mantle fan, someone who wanted to play here, and someone who could have been had for a relatively low AAV, all things considered, when you check out the actual contract. Uh, Cashman didn't contact him, actually said he zagged when everybody wanted him to zig because he thought getting Harper would be too predictable. He said we had six outfielders, and, and he didn't want to use Harper at first base. That should go on his tombstone. I'm yeah. sorry, but Manny Machado, say what you want. That was someone you obviously could have spent money on. All the rest of the Captain Hindsight things. I've seen people doing mock Yankees lineups with Cody Bellinger in there. Like, we could have had Belly. If you had signed Cody Bellinger coming off the season he had last year, like, come on, man. Yeah. You didn't want the Yankees to do that. Obviously, it worked out for Chicago, but come, you didn't actually want the Yankees to do that. Uh, I, like, I don't buy that for one second. But Bryce Harper, who wanted to be here, who they cleared payroll money to get here, and then they don't call him, and then they make a show out of not talking to him as if they should be prouder that they managed to put their offseason together without Bryce Harbor being a part of it. Give me a break, dude. Like, that's the one that, like, that was in the bag. That was done. And he's going to harbor that resentment for the rest of his career, and you're going to have a hole where Bryce Harper could have been for the next 10 years. Yeah, it, it is very classic of this current Yankees regime to say like, "Oh, this would be too predictable. We can't, we can't do this." It would look. Yeah. It would we look should too- start. Davy Garcia should start one inning in a playoff game. That'll really catch the Rays off guard. Like all this stuff where they're trying to be the smartest person in the room, even though they, they don't have the personnel to be smart. It, it does not seem like they are uh, up there, up there in terms of smarts. Which, like, yeah. I, I don't think the analytics team. I don't know if getting rid of the analytics team or gutting these people is going to turn this team's fortunes around, but I tell you what, you should try it. You should do it. You should get smarter people in there who are less full of themselves. That might be interesting. Try anything. Uh, funny thing is Bryce Harper has been playing a little bit of first base this year for the Phillies and the Yankees don't have a first baseman because no. they never had a backup option behind Anthony Rizzo. They, you know, they, they let Luke Voigt wither away for reasons unknown. I understand he hasn't really been successful in Major League Baseball ever since leaving the Yankees, but could have just been a backup DH option. Would have been fine. Didn't have a backup backup option heading into this year. Then they did when they brought in Bowers, but they played him in the outfield. Now he's playing a little bit of first base, but hasn't been hitting that well. Goes over for 5 with 5 strikeouts yesterday. They have no – there are no – so and for uh, to say that you're not willing to play Bryce Harper at first base and then immediately after that play so many guys out of position, so many guys out of position. You put you hang on to Miguel Andujar and you put him in the outfield. You continue to trot Clint Frazier out in the outfield when he can't see. You're putting Isaiah Kiner Falefa in the outfield. You're um, you put Isaiah Kiner Falefa at shortstop for a full season. Um, you got Jake Bowers in the outfield. This team has done it countless times since 2018 after saying that they didn't want to play Bryce Harper at first base when five years later on a 12 year deal, that was the, you, you couldn't even conceive that first base, a very easy position to fill uh, according to Ron Washington. Um, uh, that when players are aging and, you know, guys who are eventually transitioning and have, the bat, you know, requisite to stay in the lineup and, and produce in some capacity. That that wasn't a consideration for you, but he's doing it now. So I'm glad the Yankees weren't considering it five years ago. Um, what do we have to worry about in a couple of years? Uh, who we're not going to sign? Who's going to lead? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is going to lead. Well, it's now. worth it's worth talking about because uh, things got a little bit heated on online talking about this. I like went out for dinner on Thursday. Did not check my phone and had like. Two people replying to me for a long time in my mentions, which is a fun one where I'm just kind of, I, I wasn't here 
for this. I wasn't doing, I'm not talking to you, but for some reason I was in their conversation. And one of them was like, you do if, so the Garrett Cole is an opt-out clause at the end of next season, 2024, the Yankees can void it. Like they never have to let Garrett Cole hit the open market. That's something they negotiated when they negotiated the opt-out clause. All Hal Steinbrenner would have to do to void it is to give him another year in 2029 at the end of his contract. Right now, the full contract runs out in 2028. All they have to do is say, okay, thanks for opting out. Thanks for triggering that clause. We're putting one more year on the end of this, and you're stuck in New York. Somebody was like, well, that's a no-brainer. You don't let pitchers like Garrett Cole get away. But the opposing viewpoint, and one that I kind of am at least, I don't know how you could have so much faith in Hal Steinbrenner that you're like, well, of course he's just going to tack on that $36 million option for, for 2029 when Garrett Cole will be 38 turning 39 that September. Like, are you, you're, you're sure Hal Steinbrenner is going to do that? Because obviously losing Garrett Cole makes the 2025 Yankees worse. Makes the 2026 Yankees worse, right? If that's if you still think that's a window, then you are making a championship team worse by losing Garrett Cole. And I guess maybe Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner have been deluded into thinking this is a championship caliber operation. So maybe they won't even consider letting him go. Maybe they'll just put the stamp on, give him that extra year. But what do you, when's the next time that you think that you think these current Yankees without like? So many changes are going to be a competent organization that you can count on to need to spend $36 million on a player like Garrett Cole. He obviously makes the 2025 and 2026 and probably the 2027 team better. But is a $36 million luxury hood ornament for a non-contender the best idea for this team as it transitions into whatever its next era is? Um Ultimately, I'm not, I can't make a judgment on this yet. And I can't uh, until the end of next season because maybe they turn it around. Mm. Maybe they go full overhaul this offseason. They're obviously not going to turn it around with this personnel, but maybe the roster next year looks way different than the roster today. And I just don't know it yet. And they clearly are on the road to competing in 2025. And then, okay, Cole wants to pull the plug. We put the extra year on and he stays. But, if 2024 looks like 2023, I think you have to have a serious conversation about not doing that. Absolutely. And if I'm Garrett Cole and 2024 happens to be any similar to this, I'm probably going to the front office and I'm saying, don't worry about tacking that year on. I'm out of here. Cause why would you want to be here? Why would you want to be in the biggest market in the entire league with an unforgiving media, with an unforgiving fan base, only to repeat this for four more years. There's no sense. He could go sign the Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer deals for eternity with whoever he wants if he keeps pitching at this rate. He's th- he's he's still throwing 100 miles an hour. He's he's in great shape. He's never injured, knock on wood. If I were, you know, Scott Boris is his agent. I'm sure he'll be able to negotiate whatever the hell he wants with any other contender in need of starting pitching, which is the most in-demand position in the entire league. That's first and foremost. I'm worried about what Garrett Cole is going to want to do because he can't enjoy playing for the, because he play he plays inconsistently 
you know, what in 2021 and 2022, whether it was injuries or whether it was just, you know, getting used to the environment because his first season here was the COVID year, um, which, you know, you, we should and can sympathize to an extent with how that all kind of went down. I know it's still frustrating. Highest pitcher, highest paid pitcher in the league couldn't necessarily kind of just shake that off, but we're humans. Things are different for everybody, especially in this landscape, you know, when you're the Yankees and you're that big of a signing and the, the expectations continue to get heaped on and heaped on with, with every passing day. Um, but now he finally is catching fire, leading arguably leading Cy Young candidate in the AL and his team can't back him. They, they, they're, what are they four and six in his last 10 starts or something like that? Oh, there was, no. I mean, look off the top of my head, they have now lost games with him on the mound where they led six, nothing and seven, one. Yeah. One of those, he blew the lead against the Rays. One of them, he absolutely did not. Yeah. But he was, those are two, those are two wins you got to have on, on Garrett Cole's end of season numbers. Uh, there was a great list of games that Garrett Cole was in uh, and pitched well in this year that the team lost to. I think there's 16 and nine in his starts, which it's all right. He's been better than that, though. I'll, I'll pull up the list because it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, 16 and nine is not exactly an indictment, but I think it's more so the games that they weren't able to pull off. Um, you know, you lose. They don't score against the White Sox last week. One of the worst teams in the league. He goes seven shutout against the Orioles. They lose one nothing. Yep. That's a big um, one. Yeah, he gives up one run and strikes out 11 against the Rockies. They lose that fucking game in the ninth, 8-7. Yep. I got the full list if you want it. Hit it. Um, it's the, obviously, it's it's yesterday. How far does it date back to Toronto? It, it dates back to six shutty against Toronto where they lost 3-0. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there's yesterday, obviously, there's seven shutty against Baltimore. They get walked off. Colorado game, no business losing that. Six innings, two earned runs against the Cardinals. They lose 5-1 to Jordan Montgomery. Six innings, one earned run against the Mets. They look poised to beat Verlander. The bullpen blows it. Uh, six innings, two earned runs against Boston. That's the Friday night game at Yankee Stadium. They lose 3-2. Anthony Volpe almost hits a big old home run to win that game with two outs in the ninth, but does not. Yeah. And then, yes, six shutty against Toronto, and they get outworked in the later innings anyway. Uh, so that's just a, a tremendous number of games. You're going to lose some of them. You're not going to go sure. undefeated there, sure. but uh, no business losing all those baseball games. No, you're, you know, even if you're bad, you win two of those. Maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> Maybe I think four. if you're bad, I think if you're, yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're decent, you probably win four. If you're bad, which this team is, you should win two of them. Yeah. Um, and that's the story. They're not capitalizing on good performances from anybody. Um, like even yesterday. They get 12 base runners. They cash in with seven runs. When was the last time you saw the fucking Yankees do that? Six hits and six, or was it six walks? Six hits and six walks. They cashed in seven runs. I feel like there's been, what did they have against the, they, they shredded 28 base runners in those two games last week against the Astros. And then the series opener against the White Sox. They scored, they scored eight runs combined. They scored seven runs yesterday with 12 base runners. They never do that, and they end up losing this game. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the diagnosis – the diagnosis is bad vibes. The diagnosis is a team that's just continuously not prepared, um, doesn't seem like it has the will to win, um, never really wants to step on step on the throats. Like, even yesterday, two freight runners in scoring position. You score seven runs, like – could have probably scored 10. I know that Torres got a free run by accident yeah. in that game, but they yeah. yeah, they had millions of opportunities, millions of opportunities once again. And they don't, and again, you're looking back and you're like, man, what if they had just scored that one inning when they had two guys on, that would have been, that would have made it easier. 
wouldn't have had the Marlins thinking they had a fighting chance, but it did. You give up a run, a run in the seventh, run in the eighth, and then all of a sudden it's like, dude, you get two runners on in the ninth, they start pooping their pants. And Clay Holmes pooped his pants. So that's where we are. But yeah, nonetheless, if I'm Garrett Cole, back to the topic at hand, um, I don't even think, to me, I don't think that this is entirely a Yankees issue. I think um, this is this is Garrett Cole going to the front office when the year ends and having a com- or when 2024 ends and having a legitimate conversation about the direction of the franchise if there weren't overarching moves made this offseason. And honestly, I don't even know what could they do this offseason that would change that would change the 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 kind of uh, favorite word calculus of all this. I have um, no idea, but I I, I, I I am excited to find out though. Yeah, because. It'll be a if, fun off season. If it's a lot, then at least we have something to talk about. And if it's nothing, then oh boy, oh boy, do we have something to talk about. Oh boy, oh boy. Speaking uh, of nothing, um, doing nothing. Uh, here's what they do. Um, the Yankees are. Um, I, I mean, I guess they're. They, they, I saw there was an announcement to talk about Luis Severino today. Was that? Did I see that right? Or did I get? high and you might have gotten you might have gotten fake sourced i i would love to see that i have okay. i have not seen that i think right. i think he's just going to pitch a dog shit baseball game. yeah i think that's what's on the horizon yeah the yankees solution to luis severino's woes well they started off pretty good they um they they opted to not pitch him in the first inning um against uh the white Sox, and, and that worked yeah that that changed everything worked really well um helped him really well and then they said you know what Instead of continuing on with that plan that worked really well, we're going to go back to the original plan that never worked, and we're going to start you against the best offense in baseball on the road. Um, what do you think about that? And that's that's our life. That's going to be our life tomorrow against the Atlanta Braves. Um, the New York Yankees will be starting Luis Severino against the best offense in Major League Baseball after this loss. Again, this loss. They have a chance to go into a series against the best team in the league, with a semblance, a shred of momentum, they blow that, and then they say, "You know what? We're going to do against the best offense in the league. We're going to put our worst. We're going to put the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball to face them, um, with a team full of tremendous left-handed hitters, and we're going to see what happens. And it doesn't matter because righties are hitting them too, and they have a really good they have a really good cast of right-handers. So, um, probably, nobody's yeah. better than the Braves. Nobody's, nobody's better, than the Braves. better than the Braves. Nobody better than the Braves. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be our life this week. I think." ultimately probably better for every like it's probably not going to matter much that they got kicked in the dong yesterday because primarily i was concerned because i wanted to show some form of competence heading into the red sox series next weekend which there's a good chance that that series and the september red sox series are the only series i care about for the rest of the year because i want i want boston out of the postseason mix that's really all i have left this season it's the only shred I've got currently they are out of the playoffs picture, but they're not out of it. Um, and this te- this two week stretch is the most important part of their stupid season because whoever the schedule makers are gave them three against Toronto at home. They got swept. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. They got swept. But then they gave them four against the Royals, three against the Tigers, and now they go on the road to the Nationals. Luckily, we're seven games through that 10-game stretch, and they have, they're still three out. The Mariners are ahead of them. Things don't look rosy for Boston, but we were the non-tomato can in two weeks. Yeah. Right? Like, they had 10 days of garbage. And then it was like, and then they go to Yankee Stadium for a home series. And it was like, 
all right. I mean, at least if they don't gain too much ground while they're playing nothing but dog shit competition, we can maybe rough them up a little bit, take two out of three in that weekend. And then I think they go play the Astros. Then they go play some real major league teams. So then it was like, all right, party's over. Well, now we give them an extra party's not over series because we suck. So that's that's the only reason I'm bummed. But honestly, if we had gotten, you know, we're going to get run over by the Braves anyway. I would probably still be feeling equally not confident in our chances, regardless of whether we won yesterday's game against the Marlins yeah. or not. I don't think that home series against Boston is going to be particularly well attended by happy people. Spoiler alert. No, and uh, <laughs> no, that's going to be that's not going to be fun. But uh, going back to Severino, it's it's a nationally televised game. It's TBS Tuesday. Yeah. Cool. They didn't even look at the TV schedule because, you know, at that point, you cannot put Luis Severino on national television um, just for his own sake. This is more this is more bad for him than it is for anybody. Like, I don't even care at this point. I well, do not care. Are are they are they nationally televising the second inning? Because they're only <laughs> nationally televising the first inning that maybe he could pitch the second and he'd be OK. Yeah, they they they, they, they could have a workaround there. Um, but the, the, the bigger issue here is just what you're doing with Luis Severino. it's not nice no they talked last week about a potential demotion to the minor leagues to i guess maybe fix his stuff again everything was on the table everything was on the table to fix Luis severino and their solution their solution is to keep doing the same thing they went from going against one of the worst you know underwhelming offenses in the league in the white Sox, and now they're going to the literal best i mean i guess if they want to try their chances at um you know, I get reverse psychology here where it's like, yeah, there's no way Luis Severino can be competent against the best offense in MLB. Can he? Maybe it could work because he's bad against the worst offenses. That it, Sometimes it th- things uh, things kind of change the complexion in, in those situations. No, it's going to be just as bad as you'd all, all expected. And to boot, it'll be on national TV for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. You got Clark Schmidt versus Max Fried tonight. I don't know how much that's going to propel the momentum into the next ad. Clark Schmidt's been pitching well. We, we, it cannot be denied, but, um, and at the, at the very least, Max, Max Fried's a lefty and the Yankees have been hitting lefties. Yes. No, it's a prime opportunity to be up for and even if, the third. For and no even if they do, yeah. and even if they do have a shred of momentum and win that, they're going to halt it in its tracks by putting Severino on the mound tomorrow. Oh, I, I just, there's no clearer path than them being up early tonight and a bunch of people being like, oh my God, the Yankees, oh boy, they just keep sucking. And then like Austin Riley hit the three run home run and you're like, wow. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's that thing. Just, just don't do it in the ninth or the eighth. That would be pretty unpleasant. Just do again. Just, just get your, just get stomped. Why couldn't you just gotten stomped yesterday? That's what I hate most. Just get stomped. Get wrecked. Never have a lead. It shouldn't. It'd be, it would make life so much easier. I even was – well, actually, it was good because I, I watched some of the game and then they went up big and I, was, and I had something to do. So I was like, okay, cool. This will be like a little bit – this will be a little bit of a re, like relaxation. I don't have to keep checking my phone religiously. I don't want to have to worry about something crazy happening. No. Why did I say that to myself? Because no. then – the ninth inning, I said to my buddy, I said, oh, the Yankees look like they're going to win today. They're up 7-1. We were unloading stuff out of a car. Fun. Um, yeah. And then I look back and it's 7-3. to And I'm like, okay, 7-3 to heading into the ninth should be fine. And then it's 7-3 to with the bases loaded, no outs. And I'm like, okay. 
and now they're going to lose. And now I have to follow my phone and now I'm going to, and then I'm going to watch the highlights later and I'm going to realize how egregious all this was. Um, so yeah, that's why I didn't know Jorge Soler wasn't up next. That he, he was chilling. He was chilling. I mean, a ton of sense. the worst part about being me is that I spent my entire adolescence and young adulthood being like, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it when they'd be up like seven, two with the bases loaded and one out. And then they inevitably wouldn't because most teams don't. Yep. So then it'd be like, Oh my God, they could have given up a grand slam and a double and a single, but instead they got a pop out and a strikeout. Nice. Or they got a sack fly and a ground out. Oh, cool. They went 7-3 because that's what good teams do. Sometimes things get a little sticky and, and the game ends and you're like, man, I sure wish the bases hadn't been loaded there, but they were, but we won. Like that happens. That 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 happens from time to time. Yeah. And when I was like 17, 18, I would routinely be, they'd be up like 9-1. And I'd be like, this isn't good. Somebody make an error and the bases would be loaded with one out. And I'd be like, this isn't good. It could spiral. And then it wouldn't because that doesn't happen. Now, like they like to say, anything's on the table. Anything is on the table. All of my nightmares, everything I dreamt about from the age of 15, <laughs> honestly, post-2004. The things that I dreamt, because 2004 taught me that any bullshit is possible. The worst bullshit that you dream up could happen to you. But then it mostly didn't until 2021. And now it happens all the time. Well, we had the midges. That was kind of bullshit. Well, I never, I don't even think I dreamt of that at all. Oh, yeah. Well, you definitely didn't dream of that. But I didn't happened. know there were like, I didn't know bugs could be a part of <laughs> that. Didn't enter my, that didn't enter my consciousness. Uh, you want Aaron Judge to get surgery? I mean, I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I put that in there. Yeah. I mean, at this point, at this, so, okay, here, let's have a real conversation. What if they get swept by the Braves and then lose the opener to the Red Sox? And then you're, then you're two games below 500. Are, are you really taking the rest of this series seriously? Uh, the rest of this season seriously? Uh, no. No. I mean, no. I'm going to question directed for you. You're not taking the you – have, you haven't we haven't been taking the ser- series seriously when they were seven games above 500 because it just wasn't sustainable. Um, I mean, that's what the bu- that's what the bummer was. Like, I just don't know why I cared so much about yesterday. Yeah. Like, I, it might be that Red Sox series. It might be just holding on to that shred of hope. But I definitely divested several weeks back. And even the Colorado game, I was laughing my ass off when when that when John Flaherty goes, "This guy hasn't hit a home run all year," and then he homers okay. like very very funny. And that game was the game where I was like, "All right, I'm not coming back." Like, I I had such a fun time watching that game. Just being like smirking and being like, oh my God, this team is so fucked. That like I was like, all right, great. I'm my emotions are are dulled now. I'm numb. That's why it was so weird that I was hit so hard yesterday. But I got owned. I did. I was like flat on the couch for like, I mean, on couch to the computer to the take a walkout. It felt like the when Domingo Herman, another game that doesn't even qualify for this four plus run lead in the ninth, when Domingo had his perfect no game hit. going at Fenway Park or no hitter going at Fenway Park. And they blew that four nothing lead in two seconds. Oh. That one, I was like, I'm just gonna walk outside. Yeah. And I said to my wife, I was like, Hey, I'm not gonna do anything. You're not gonna learn from the cops that I did something <laughs> crazy. I'm just, I just have to walk outside, and I will be back. And that's what I did. I just walked down the street for a while, came back. Yesterday, I kind of felt the same way. It was weird. I, I like, I don't know why I felt that way because obviously this team's going nowhere, and obviously I don't believe in this. It's not like, oh, I believe in this group of guys, and they were dealt a bad break like no i don't think they're very good no 
And I wouldn't have thought that regardless of whether they won yesterday or not. I just wanted to feel not completely deflated yeah. for the rest of the season. I just wanted to, I want to lose my fair share of games. I want to win a couple. I want to feel good about Anthony Volpe this off season. I want to see Everson Pereira next week. I just want to do a couple little things. Yeah. Just get me to the finish line. They're, they're not going to the playoffs. Just get me to the finish line. And they, they can't even do that. Nope. So in conclusion, yeah, I would, if Aaron judge needs surgery, if there's a doctor out there who's like, he might need surgery this off season. That's what you, you get it now. There, there were some injuries. I think John Boy and Jake on Talking Yanks said, like, hey, if you got guys who you need to get right for next season, like, maybe we give them, get them off their feet now. I don't really know who that is except for Judge. Like, I don't need to – DJ LeMahieu's calf, like, I don't think I need to give him time off now to make sure he's ready for spring no. training. But a guy like Judge, yeah, get him off his feet. And oh, if, yeah. Stanton, if Stanton is dealing with something too yeah. and they're lying – Get him off his feet. Yeah, I mean, Rodon, get, I don't need to see Carlos Rodon. No, no, that's another one. Yeah, no. Goodbye. I don't like, not, not, not good. Not that I don't want to see him. I just, there is no need for us to try that again. Um, If there's something wrong, well, obviously they tried to do it with Jose Trevino and Nestor Cortez. They tried to beat the odds. They didn't. They tried to tell us Nestor Cortez is going to be out for a month. No, he's out for the season. He's not just going to get shut down from throwing for three weeks and then be able to return in five weeks and and do at this point. It do, what is he going to do for you by the end of the season? He's not going to do anything. You're not going to be a game out of it in need of a quality start. You're going to be at this point five games out of it in need of a miracle. And one player is not going to turn it. One pitcher is not going to turn it around for you. So they've gambled. A lot of these guys that are now in need of uh, the the medical attention or medical care that they need will probably not be. I, I truly hope Carlos Rodon does not see the field again this season because something is not right with him and it doesn't make any sense for to further destroy his psyche. But if Aaron judge, if there's any, I mean, there, there is something because he cannot run. You see him lumbering on the base paths. You see him, you know, he was again, struggling towards that ball in the corner in this spacious, stupid fucking Marlins park. Like just have the guy get surgery have him fully recovered by November, December, and then have him be able to continue his off-season workout program without him having to be delayed in spring training because we know whenever someone is delayed in spring training, it never bodes well for the first two months of the season. There are too many growing pains. There's too much catching back up to do, and it sets the entire team back, and this is not something that they can afford for 2024. And if again, if they truly believed in this roster this year, they would have made moves to buy it this year's deadline, regardless of the prices, regardless of what was available, regardless of you know the risk factor or anything. And they didn't. And I understand that they always are carefully strategizing who they're going to buy, what they're going to get, minimize risk, do this, do that. But the time was now. And if there was no, no throwing caution to the wind at that point, if you truly believed in what this roster could do, then you actually didn't believe in the roster. Or you let your you let your toxic philosophy overtake you know the grander picture and now you are here where you are so if there is any if there is any news or there's any buzz that Aaron Judge needs surgery he should be getting it no later no later than September 1st well welcome to the gong show uh it's going to be a mess of the season whether Aaron Judge is on the roster or not kudos for valiantly fighting back and fighting through pain seriously not sarcastically but I think we're I think we I think we might be good yeah. Now, I think we might be good. Of course, I'm sure he'll like miss the Red Sox series with some other minor injury and then come back after that. And then maybe we get the surgery. Uh, life's bad. If you can think of a bad thing for the next month and a half, it's probably going to happen on the baseball field. 
But that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We thank you all for joining us. A lot of good therapy in the comments today. Thanks, we guys. hope to be able to provide that service uh, for everybody. But God, this was a painful podcast, and it's probably going to be a painful podcast on Thursday. But again, we'll probably just get a chance to laugh at some stuff. The Brave series should be very funny. The Braves yeah. are on a completely different planet. I saw some people saying... With the Monstars. I, I actually saw a Facebook comment that was like, the Braves play their players every day and the Yankees keep giving them rest days. Any wonder why the Braves are better? It's like, also the Braves roster is just way more talented. Like, they're just good. And the Yankees are bad. So that could also be... It, it, I don't exactly. think playing... I don't think playing a consistent lineup for the New York Yankees is the difference between them being the Braves and not being the Braves being an historically good offense, the likes of which we haven't seen since 1927 and being this 23rd ranked offensive non juggernaut that can't hit righties and hasn't hit righties for years. But Hey, who knows? Not, not me. I certainly don't know, but we will be back here on Thursday. You can find us on all podcast platforms live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays at two o'clock Eastern. We promise we won't leave you. If we would have like, if that was an option, we would have left today. We would, yeah. not have, we would not have been on the air today. Mm-hmm. But we had a good time. We hope you did too. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner if you want. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? Hey, everyone. I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're still here. We're, we're hanging around until further notice. We're still um, here. Yeah. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com if you're into the doomsday content. Um, we got a decent amount. But there's been some good news. We had some good farm system updates uh, for the Yanks in the in recent days. So It's fun when they're down there because when yeah. they're down there, they can't really. Yeah. You don't know who, how they're going to be screwed up yet. It's just like, yeah. oh, this is, this is nice. Yeah. So if you're looking for the doomsday content, Right now, and you're looking for some positive content for next year or the year after, I think we're exactly where we want to be. It's yanksyard.com. Um, we appreciate you guys reading. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks so much. Um, can't emphasize that enough. Uh, series against the Braves. Don't know what to tell you. And if you don't know what to tell yourself, then I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you have not been able to figure that out. But um, we'll talk to you again on Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here with a likely very bad result and a likely very similar podcast to today. Um, Love you guys. We'll see you then. Have a good rest of your week. Have a good rest of your week. Do not watch this baseball team. Watch enough to know what's going on so we can see you back here on Thursday. But don't, don't, don't do it to yourself. Take care, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.